to zero. Because it's just broadcasting on my little test channel. Hey, we're live. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much all for joining us today. This is Faith Over Breakfast. We are at Exo Coffee. By we, I mean me, the host, Brian Betts, and more importantly, Pastor Andy Littleton from Mission Church, and hello, Pastor hello. Eric Seepin from the Village. He's, he's not great. I'm sorry. Okay, there you go. I think we all got to kiss the mic. Okay. I think it's, um, it's going to be... Is this your water? Uh, I think it's yes. going to be okay. You sure? Uh, you, ice coffee is right there. I would have... Oh, I don't want the ice coffee in the camera. Now, this is real faith over breakfast real right here faith for over your breakfast. for Andy's chewing on his XO Whiskey Town biscuit. But I'm just going to say, I hate to say this, but you will never have this sandwich I'm having right now because some of the ingredients are out because they use fresh ingredients and they switched it all up. And I've got chorizo on my sandwich and it's delicious. So, anyway, you, you're never going to have the sandwich here, but, but it's delicious. And in general, what they do is delicious. And we're thankful we get to meet up here in the lot. Yeah, and people can now see how awesome this background is. Like, yeah, this a, is uh, we we need to convert this to our new church building, down there. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's pretty sweet down there. Yeah, we're we're live. We're you know we've some comments have been made. If you're an avid listener, you've avid. heard comments from especially from Brian about our viewers. And today, oh, there's actually viewers, and there's the train, which means Brian, who I just mentioned, might have something to say. A very important. Profound thing to say. But not. And what? there goes the train. Huh? And a bunch. What? <laughs> well, I know. So every time. Just as good as always, Brian. Thank yeah, you. For the, I know. <laughs> really inspirational. I'm so bummed you missed it because of that very quiet train. Uh huh. Did we so, say welcome to the Faith of a Breath? Oh, uh, yes, I did. I'm it, so was, it was very brief. Oh, no, it's all good. Uh, it was very, very brief, yeah. and then we kind of jumped into. Uh, talking about We're it. totally not a normal podcast because aren't you supposed to pause at like every ten minutes and say you're listening to Faith Over Breakfast? Yeah, and, and you're blah and you're, blah 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 blah. And you're supposed to repeat each other's names and stuff like that and say, "Hey, uh, by the way, Andy Littleton, yeah, hey, of Eric Seepin, can you?" Answer? Oh, we can't do that. We're we're changing the way podcasts <laughs> yeah. are heard and listened to. You and heard it here first. Yeah, the premise of this podcast. Some we haven't talked about that for a little bit, but the premise is Eric and I. We used to get breakfast before doing a radio show. And Brian kind of knows some of the people involved in all that, and so that's how he ended up kind of hanging out with us, too. And, uh, yeah, we would have breakfast before the radio show, and it was a fun breakfast, and we'd have this great discussion. Then we'd get on the radio and get to say about five minutes of whatever we talked about, and often we didn't say it as well, or it just wasn't as interesting. I thought it was um, great every time. Really? Yeah, every oh. time. Well, well, never mind. It was a great <laughs> on the radio, but it was short, very short. It, it was, was very short. Yeah. 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 And so uh, then we, we kind of met, we were like, well, you know, we kind of wanted to still do something. And so we thought, why don't we record the breakfast and just have the whole, have the whole discussion. So this is, this is authentic radio. It weird. is authentic Look, radio. there's real, there's actual Dude, breakfast. Yeah. And I'm the only one that ever, no, sometimes Brian. Well, he already ate his breakfast. Yeah, he was here early before all of us, 8 and 7.30. I got 7.30. Wow. Yeah. And Brian's got his greasy shirt on because yeah. he works all okay. night. Yeah, uh, it's full. Well, like, not like grease from not showering, but uh-huh. well, I haven't showered today. But so that's because that I came straight from work, and I'm an aircraft mechanic, so I'm working with all sorts of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, since we have like hundreds and hundreds of listeners now, just uh, we are there are so many. We know that we'll just put in a quick plug, and then we can move on that. On November 2nd to 4th, there's a discipleship conference at the Village. You can go to the website, uh, villageconference2017.com. That's 2017. If you want to know more about it, listen to the previous podcasts. But today, tonight, I'm used to saying tonight because I preach at night yeah, all the me time. Too. It's yeah. so weird to preach in the morning and you're like, and tonight, I mean today. Anyway, yeah. we're going to talk about fatherhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so... We'll go ahead and start with this. Uh, recently, Pastor Andy Littleton from the Mission Church, uh, his father uh, was diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, we went in for a, a surgery. I wouldn't call it a routine surgery because it was, it was unplanned, but my dad had to go in for a surgery last week. And... Um, but it seemed all, they did the scans and it all made sense. Like, okay, this is going to help 
And about 45 minutes later, we got word that they found cancer in there, pretty pretty pervasive cancer. And all of a sudden, it was the timeline was unsure. Like maybe maybe he only has days to live. You know, I started thinking about what if I what if I just had my last conversation with my dad, that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, pretty. Uh, it's been a really emotional week. Um, really, really surprising to me. Really confusing. Um, I, I'm kind of a, I don't know how much I shared back on my Andy's uh, Issues podcast, but I've got, I've got a weird relationship with emotion. I, I, I really struggle to like feel the depths of things, and this week has not been that way at all, uh, which is good, um, but has also been really, really confusing and really like a roller coaster, um, just thinking about, you know, losing my dad and um, current status is he's uh, actually maybe it's a little little bit more treatable than we thought. Um, I mean it, it is a, it's an incurable cancer. His life will be shorter, but maybe not as not as short as we originally thought. So that's I'm feeling encouraged seeing him recover from surgery and thinking we get some we get some more time together. It looks like it's never guaranteed, of course. But um, yeah, just just he's been on my mind this week and you know there's been a whole flood of things but you know my dad's a he's a sweet guy he's a real flawed guy um what guy flawed flawed very flawed flawed. i thought you said flawed guy flogged guy guy? that's a new one he might have been flogged actually (laughs) he he had a rough upbringing Mm. um that's that's a whole nother piece of the puzzle but yeah he's got you know he's uh he's got his his strengths and his weaknesses and so I thought today, um, you know, I don't know, I've just been thinking about how my dad shaped me, and I guess I've been a little more aware of some of that stuff, even little things that, like, the nurses have come in the hospital room and gone, you know, oh, you two look alike, you know, like, to my dad and I, and going, yeah, that's, that's true, huh? Um, and then I know Eric, you know, when I think, I, I know your father, um, and, you know, that's a big a big piece of your journey is your dad, right? Sure. As it is with the reason this is worth talking about on a podcast is because how many, how many of us, if not all of us are shaped by our father or the fact that we don't know the, the father that, you know, that, that who is our father and, or, or something to do with our story with our dad and just how, how much that impacts us. So I thought, why don't we talk about that? And Eric, you and I, and Brian, we can share from our experiences and see what see what lands with people out there because I'm sure there's a lot of stories and a lot of nuance, but sometimes one person's story kind of, I don't know, wakes you up to something or helps you see something or sure. whatever. But um, anyway, that's what's going on with my dad now. How Your dad's been going through a lot. Yeah, my dad's in Tennessee. Yeah. My parents just up and bought a house in Tennessee and moved there. They still have their house here. Yeah. But my youngest brother lives out there, and uh-huh. his youngest son, Andrew, has a whole bunch of health issues. Right now is in the hospital, and uh, right now they're, he's going to be on a feeding tube for a long time, <laughs> and they're, yeah. so they're teaching my brother and wife to how to their child and take care of him and be able to take him home with all that and so that so my parents have gone out there to support them because they have three others mm-hmm. right um so and, and your parents and your whole family there's been some devastating loss yeah both my brothers have lost their young younger children yeah so that's been really hard on our family yeah um and and, and that's just a, a it's one of those things where you have to go on in life, you know, and live with the living. But then the dead, especially when they're young, yeah. you know, are just, there's an ache there. I mean, death itself is a, it's just a horrific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it's been hard on my father. And, you know, they're, my mom and dad are in their mid-70s. They yeah. act like they're in their mid-40s. But, so that keeps them alive. I mean, I think that yeah. keeps them vibrant and moving yeah yeah my dad's 73 um for my age that's my parents are older for considering my age my mom's 78 oh wow Uh, yeah so uh 
that's it's been interesting. It's kind of been on my mind a little bit lately that hey, these two are you know well, we don't know the timeline with my parents, and you know I'm I'm aware that can happen to anybody. My a buddy of mine that lives on our property, he lost his mom at a younger age and to cancer, and so. But, but, you know, there's, like, the norm is, like, you know, you're going to be usually, like, I don't know. I've just noticed a lot of people in their 40s, 50s start losing their parents. I'm in my right. 30s, you know, and going, oh, that's, that's on the horizon. You know, right, it's a little happen. different for you because of mm-hmm. them being older. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I want to talk about, um, yeah, just the ways that. I guess a bit of a like journey with our dads like how how do you see the way they've like shaped us and then the ways we've struggled with them um and just talk about that a little Brian why don't you yeah why don't you pitch in a little of your (laughs) two cents on that uh in terms about my father or just questions your dad uh yeah my dad is uh uh, in his uh, early mid fifties, mm-hmm. uh, fifty three, and uh, he uh, is probably my favorite person. Walking, uh, I, in a lot of ways, I'm very different from him, mm-hmm. but I I have a lot of his sins. Mm. So uh, I love my dad and love who he is, but but. Um, Whenever I make a mistake that he has made or things like that, I really want to like. I, I don't push him away, but I ju- I'm just like, oh, no, I, that's not that's not me. Mm. So I'm quicker to. Uh, th- there's so many ways that I want to be him and have those characteristics that he has that I don't, and there's a lot of things that uh, similarities where we line up. So I'm like, no, no, don't, no. No, I, 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 I was always the novelty child. It was always very, very different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of ways, I wanted to be very, very different from my family, and I already was. But like, I just wanted to be completely different yeah. uh, from them. Yeah. But uh, my, how did you try to do that? Uh, a lot of it was very. Uh, it wasn't. I didn't really have to try that much. Just because I was the only one that was outgoing, my mom was pretty mm. outgoing, but I, I, uh, she's also very studious and very, very. Uh, she's a funny person, but she uh, is very professional as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she, I, I, our approach to interacting with people are very, very different. Um, and my dad is very, very personable, but he's more introverted. And my younger brother and my older brother, they're both very introverted. Uh, so, uh, it was no problem for me to interact with people. My younger yeah. brother, my older brother usually kept me from interacting with them, like w- with their friends, uh, because I would just be rambunctious. Uh, and my dad wasn't rambunctious at all, but, uh, we shared a lot of the, uh, same sins, but, uh, I wanted to ask... It's kind of weird to talk about all this on a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And um, I I don't want it to be too much about me, uh, especially if, like, hypothetically, we might talk about me next week. Don't Uh, worry about it, man. Yeah, so... um, (laughs) (laughs) I think we're not really planning anything. Okay, yeah. We're going to go with it. I'm totally okay with that. So uh, I wanted to ask, uh, what what do your parents do for a living? Well, both my parents are uh, retired and not retired at all. They're uh, marriage and family counselors, trainers of leaders in churches. They run their own organization. They have their own business. My father is a math teacher before. That's that's what my parents do. And my parents are similar but opposite. They are both retired and very much both retired. They're... (laughs) Um, but my, my mom, um, early on, she had a teaching degree and she taught, she taught stuff like shorthand and typing. Old school stuff. Old school stuff. So as a high schooler pecking around on my computer with my, my fingers trying to learn how to type, she would always just be like struggling not to type my papers for me because she wanted to teach me 
the right way to do it. Nobody at school was doing that. I don't know. What do you think of that, Brian? The train's coming by. I, it was he right doesn't, from, he yeah. doesn't know what shorthand is. Yeah, he's like, he's like <laughs> I, I, I don't know what Hacking, you're talking about. Hacking, yeah. Go ahead and explain, because I think I might know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, it, you know, I'd have to show... I ha- actually have a picture of... Uh, I tried some different sermon notes on a completely different topic right now. Uh, a couple weeks ago, because I saw Tim Keller's sermon notes for one week that were all on one page, mm-hmm. and that involved a lot of shorthand, a lot of shortened words and Just. characters used that mean things that, you know, that mean, you know, like when with is a W with a slash. Yes. Right. Like that's... These are shorthand. There, there's a whole method of shorthand by which you can take notes and write very quickly. Okay. And my mom is like an expert in that, and she used to teach it college level. Well, she taught typing. I don't remember which level she taught what at. What does your dad do? What did yeah. he do? Well, and then, so real quick, my mom then started a bookstore in a small town, uh, which in which a uh, slightly younger gentleman with a with a beard and a 4x4 four four truck started popping in um, looking for the book Walk Across America by Peter Jenkins. He would look, look for it a lot, and her business partner at the bookstore suggested... She thought maybe he was looking more for my mom than the book, <laughs> and so my mom asked my dad out because um, she figured out what he was attempting to do. So anyway, my dad's always been a real low key guy. Um, he actually was really emotionally verbally abused as a child, just a really low sense of self and confidence is just not not strong for him. But um, he started working in lumber like right as soon as he could get a job and then we moved to Arizona uh, we, we lived in Oregon and then uh, moved to Arizona he got on you know real low paying jobs because there's no lumber around here and went back to school in his 50s um, to yeah kind of get a technical degree and ended up in a in an alloy shop uh, making wire working with platinum um, and uh, then because of his age and he was slowing down a little bit, he ended up, uh, they gave him the janitor position, partly because he was working nights, like in his 60s, you know. And they gave him the janitor position so he could be on days. So he ended as a janitor. Um, so there you go. And then my mom ended her career in a, working in a library here in Tucson, uh, CDO, Canyon Delora High School Library. Hmm. So. so did... Your parents' jobs and professions and what they were doing uh, make a huge impact on why, or did that, is that why you decided to pursue ministry? Well, yeah, I mean, my my entire life is kind of circles my parents in a lot of ways. So when I was young, my parents were involved in the Navigators. So the early years of my life, my mom and dad, particularly my dad, but my mom too they worked with the military and they worked down on campus um, but my dad was a math teacher and so he got an opportunity to be a um, principal or a vice principal in Miami, Arizona um, Miami, so a, Arizona yeah, little mining town it's a little mining town on your way to Roosevelt Lake yeah. it's actually called the armpit of Arizona <laughs> I um, love Globe, Globe by the way which is right by Miami yeah, it's love, one of my favorite little towns they're, they're neither you can't really tell the difference between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah, they kind of blend. They do. They just merge into each other. So, yeah, my dad... But even there, my parents were heavily involved in ministry. My dad started a church in Globe, huh. or in Miami. I did not know And that. at that point, the issues that were going on in that church, she said, we got... I got to figure out how to help people. And mm-hmm. so he changed careers, and we moved to Indiana, to, and he went and got his uh, master's in counseling from Dr. Larry Crabb and Dan Allender yeah. and at Grace Theological Seminary. And my mom did that too. From there we moved to North Carolina where he took a position at a church that didn't go very well. Hmm. And so... It was like pastor, pastoral? It was a pastoral huh. job. Didn't know that. And then we, in the ninth, right before my ninth grade year, moved all the way back to Tucson into the apartments that I was born in. <laughs> and my parents restarted... Um, my dad had got a math teaching job. They were trying to figure out how to start this mar- this uh, counseling thing. Yeah. They finally got that off the ground, and my dad started a, a ca- biblical counseling associates, which 
is the longest standing counseling um, group, I don't know what you call them, yeah. association in Tucson. Wow. He's outlasted everybody. That's crazy. Um, you know, and so he's been here a long time, so people know me. And so when I was in high school, and we were talking last or two weeks ago about the Christian concerts, I go to Christian concerts and people would come up to me and be like, Oh, I was at your house and I saw your picture in the hallway. Because my parents did a lot of the counseling. Yeah. They had offices in our house. We just had a guy come up up here to the loft where we right. podcast who's down in the restaurant. And his he was like, you know, what's your name, Eric? You know, oh, I know your parents from the counseling. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. They, so I get that. Or one time I was sitting at a mechanic's and he's like, oh, Eric Seepin. You're uh, John Seepin's son? Yeah. And he's like, oh, he saved my marriage. Yeah. Like, you know, and as a freshman in college or whatever it is, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. that's so nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so it's kind of exposing in some ways to yeah. be known everywhere in town. Um, but my father, like my family, like some of the good things and the bad things, but one of the things my father taught and really expressed was family loyalty. So loyalty is a huge uh-huh. thing that he handed off. And it has its good things and yeah. that I'm very loyal to people. And it's really hard to get rid of me. <laughs> the other other side is that I demand it at a high yeah. level from other people, and I'm super hurt yeah. if people don't follow through. And I see that with my father, too, yeah. when he has poured his life into people, and there's just all this pain when they eventually say, well, we don't want what you have to offer, or mm. you're not acceptable, or you've hurt me too much to really be in relationship with you. And so there's a lot of pain yeah. in that. And I've experienced that too. And it's, it's kind of a legacy. Um, but I think also, and this is where your father and my father are similar, is that they're veterans. Yeah. Right? My dad spent four years or three years in Vietnam. And my dad was, my dad was drafted uh, in the Vietnam War, did not see combat, but he was a, a tank operator stationed in Germany, okay. just waiting to go in. But he was, he was drafted my, I, my dad did one of those things where he was drafted but then opted to volunteer so yeah. he could choose what he wanted to do. Yeah. So um, that, I don't know how that all worked. I don't but, either. Yeah. Uh, especially during the draft and Vietnam War and all that kind of stuff. But anyway. I've been watching the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary. It's I, been, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I haven't yeah. had a chance to sit down. I saw, I've seen pieces and it's online now. And so I want to kind of go back and just watch the whole thing. Because with our churches being in the evening, a lot of them would show Sunday evenings <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. But um, that's made me think. I've thought a lot about your dad because, actually, you know, your dad has done a lot of counseling in my life. Yeah. Um, and so you know, in those moments, he'll, every once in a while, he'll mention something about Vietnam. You know, and I've wondered, how, how did this shape John? And then my dad, you know, he, a little different, he didn't. He wasn't in Vietnam, you know, so that's, it's interesting just to think about the different ways this, I mean, that definitely changed his life. I mean, he was, my dad um, grew up in Bisbee, so little Arizona mining towns. Right, um, probably the other underarm. Well, yeah. Bisbee's actually a little bit nicer than Bisbee's. <laughs> I love Bisbee. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe it's, you know, the face. Yeah. Arizona. Yeah. I, well, it once was. It was once that's the it. place to be in Arizona. Yeah, it's true. And, um, and I would I would retire there I guess myself I would I would do it but uh, anyway he, you know he yeah had this small town upbringing his dad worked on the railroads he ended up in Oregon but then I'm, I'm sure being drafted in the military and then coming back I mean, that was pretty pretty big deal like changed my dad's life you know so but for your dad I mean he he was he saw combat yeah. I mean, it was, uh, he never actually fired bullets at people he okay. was a, a signal officer so he radioed in mm. you know missile attacks and, yeah. and artillery things but he uh, and he had you know the base was hit a lot and yeah. you know they had to bunker down and there were a couple times when they had to like you know load up with all the guns and drive into hostile territory and right but he didn't he didn't have to experience that yeah yeah which is good because I, I mean it's yeah. a whole other level of PTSD when you have to yes. fire a weapon at someone and they fire back at you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then watch people die. Mm-hmm. Different impacts you. Yeah. So both our dads had military experience, but they didn't see combat. See combat per se. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are the th- What are the things like when you 
I mean, I know there's, I mean, your, your ministry has all of these counseling elements. Like there's so much, you know, more of that to your ministry than there are in the typical church. Yes. Like, and it's not just what you do. It's your church is like based mm-hmm. on sure. this, you know, so that's, there's that. Um, I mean, but kind of when you just sit back sometimes and, you know, there's a few things that you think like, man, like that's my dad <laughs> in me. <laughs> a few of those. Well, I mean, I think my dad is a risk taker. Um, and I did, you know, and I've realized more as I've gotten older that he was a risk taker. He, he takes lots of risks. Yeah. Um, and, and I see that in myself. Like I'm willing to jump in and do stuff. Um, and and I, I think he, he also created me a willingness to fail and get back up and do it again. Um, that, you know, but I, I don't know if this really answers your question, but the thing that I sit back and think is my dad was not a Christian when he yeah. was in Vietnam. And yeah. he became a Christian shortly after he came back. And to know that there wasn't really, there was some Catholic, which I believe are Christian, but there's some Catholic legacy yeah. But not devout Catholic yeah. in his his life, but he's really there's a lot of darkness yeah. in his past, and so like he was he made a stand and, and entered into the kingdom of God, and so one of the things that I when I sit back and I look at the village, yeah, you no know, things that I've done is I just think of those as an extension of what my father and mother yeah. decided to do in yeah. turning their backs on on the world in some way on on you know the enemy and choosing Jesus uh, yeah so that's their legacy yeah. as much as my legacy yeah um, and I think that's you know a powerful thing um, I think I, sometimes I'm like my father is uh, I've had to have a lot of grace on him because you know I mean he was a, a first generation Christian he had no clue yeah what to do in raising children and and i i was talking to an older guy who's about my dad's age about five years ago and he's like yeah we had one book yeah and most of us hadn't read it yeah you know like there wasn't Uh the the christian world didn't have a lot of parenting books you know in the 70s that were worth anything or anyone was writing and the word world you know dr spock was all we had or whatever his name was there wasn't a lot there yeah Oh, yeah. You just did it. You just smacked the kid around and told him, you know, or you just left him alone. You didn't know what to do with him. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's one of the things that amazes me the most about my, my parents in general and my dad in particular. I mean, like, my, my mom, um, her family came west in the Dust Bowl, lost everything. Um, her dad was a cowboy who then had to, like, figure things out. And, but, you know, yeah. I mean, these people weren't reading reading parenting books and going right. to nice little church parenting, parenting seminars. Yeah. And, no, they're, <laughs> no, it's like base survival stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and then my dad's dad was, uh, was one of the world war vets and he, we couldn't find his family tree. My mom's big into family trees and she could not figure out my dad's dad. And they ended up figuring out well, what they figured out is that he changed his name. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's in Bisbee with a, kind of a false identity you know and my grandma knew nothing about his past he wouldn't talk about it wouldn't speak about it so what does that mean I have no idea you know like was it just was he was he hurt abused disassociating from his family did something really wrong something happened in one of the wars I, I have no idea you know um, but yeah here's a guy my dad's dad who detached substance issues damaged man you know just and and so my dad was he lived with that he was wandering all over the the deserts of southern arizona without a father kind of leading him and guiding him and then he got home and got called stupid and you know just ripped to shreds emotionally by this guy um and even when when I was growing up, I would watch my dad attempt to have conversations with his dad, which to me is like, that's how brave is that to like, as a, to try to go back to this man who treated you this way and attempt to talk to him. Um, so my dad, like, you know, Christianity was there. His, his mom's family had started the Lutheran church in in Bisbee, Arizona. They were German, you know, so you were Lutheran and that's what it was. So he grew up with that and his mom was pretty sweet. But at the same time, he wasn't given this, like, he was never, talk about, like, discipled, you know? No, nothing, you know? Nothing right. at all. 
And so he, though he he didn't come to Christ necessarily later, he had to figure out everything for the first time. Right. I feel like with faith and parenting and and all that stuff. So I look at him and his flaws and all that, but I'm just like, I'm so proud of you for how much you did, like how far you moved, how willing to follow Jesus you were, this is all uncharted territory, you know, and like, yeah. your family didn't give it to you, no, you know, nobody was telling you to do it, it's, I don't know, it's interesting, yeah. Yeah, well, the thing that's interesting about all this and talking about fathers is, we're fathers. Yep. Your daughter's sitting behind <laughs> she's, us. <laughs> she's reading there. a Nancy Drew mystery about she's, she's, 10 feet away. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, and I have a daughter and a son. Yeah. I, I think the interesting thing about it all is... You really want to be a good father. Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah. You really want to be a good father. But the fact is, you're not. No. And you're actually not the father of your children. Right. And God is the father of your children, and you're just on loan. Yeah. Um, and I think my father really felt the burden yeah. of getting it right, yeah. supporting his family, providing for them, um, tried really hard didn't know what to do yeah you know whereas i feel like the legacy of being able to grow up in the christian community and have the things that he's introduced me to i understand theologically and practically a little different what fatherhood is and that i can be vulnerable with my kids yeah i can allow them in in a different way i mean i'm not perfect and by no means in that even in that process of being vulnerable but i do understand that like I am a reflection of God, but I don't have to do that perfectly. Yeah. I yeah. can I can allow them to help shape me in that and, and and communicate that to them. So it's I think the legacy my father gave me was an introduction to that. Like yeah. he opened the doors that he would never ever be able to go through. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty powerful, it's amazing, you know, legacy to offer. So. And it's interesting on my end because um, there's you know there's no ministry. There's no so here I'm I've I'm a I've started up a business. I, I'm a pastor. That's not you're you're going like I'm continuing my parents' ministry. It's like for me, it's not really that at all. Well, but not at all. It's interesting because our church and some of the people I connect with deeply, I've noticed, you know, are are very like my parents. And mm-hmm. I've I've thought about the you know just my experiences and what God's purposes and all that might be, but. You know, we've got um, we've got guys that are you know, houseless, living downtown at our church. We've got blue collar folks. We've got some educated folks. We've got a whole mix of, of people. And I think about you know I had this. My mother had a master's degree. My dad you know barely scraped through high school and you know did was a you know, manual laborer you know guy. My mom was a business owner at one point. It's like I've got kind of. I've always felt like I, I lived between two worlds. Like even within my my home, we had educated conversation, but then we could. I would watch my dad interact with guys. He, he worked in a lumber yard here forever, and he he had a buddy in the lumber yard who was somewhat um, you know mentally mentally handicapped. But he was always. I would watch the way he kind of kind of joke with them and keep the guy at ease. And he was his friend. He was his buddy. And I've noticed, like, within our church, like, I do that toward toward folks like like this guy that my dad did that with. That, I don't know, it's weird. I know, I know a language. I know a way of operating. Um, I was, I took one of my old students that I used to work with in student ministry to a trailer park to visit, uh, to visit someone. And I grew up in a trailer park. And... I, I just asked him, I said, do you feel comfortable here? And he's like, no, I feel really uncomfortable. And, he's, and he looked at me and said, do you feel comfortable here? And I was like, absolutely, 100%. I, I feel like I could go up to any door and strike up a conversation. But I feel that way um, in a business meeting, too. Like, and I feel, So it's this unique like ability to bridge gaps that I think like happened in my home. And, um, and my dad, like, really, really shaped me and taught me how to function within, you know, among, among the poor. And, uh, cause I wouldn't call him like all, he, they haven't always had a lot of money right now. I, I wouldn't refer to them as poor, but he knows how to, hmm. how to love and treat folks who are. Yeah. And he's always been really, really good at it. Really disarming. And he's very quiet and very, 
introverted in a way, but but in those situations, you see him kind of come alive, and he's and people just love him. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I think about though they didn't start ministries or anything, but sure. but they ministered in their own unique ways and. Well, it certainly um, taught you a lot of skills. Taught me a lot of skills. Inside oh, yeah. of your, your family. Oh, yeah. yeah. It shapes our, absolutely shapes our church, shapes my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. It is. That is really interesting. Man, I think, I mean, the, the thing about being a father, regardless if you're a father or follows Jesus or not, you, right. you end up shaping so... It's just a, you tell people who God is, yeah, and and it's the yeah. thing that God has decided to the way He decided to reveal Himself is through faulty fathers, yeah. And so, I mean, I think in my journey of trying to negotiate that, and and I think one of the big things on the negative end, since you know, I mean, I really love my dad and could talk yeah. about all the cool things about him, but I mean, the hard part for me is that my relationship with my dad there was an element of acceptance was built on doing the right thing yeah and so a lot of times when things aren't going the way they're supposed to go one of the things that I believe is that God is upset because mm-hmm. I haven't done the right thing that that there's blessing is missing because I haven't been obedient yeah. and I screwed up and so the relationship with God becomes a very um, one of exchange like you yeah know, and, you know well it just becomes if I do the right thing and he yeah. gives me good things and then it's just kind of a a candy relationship yeah. where um, and not an actual one you know it's um, I'm blanking on the word but, but you know you know what you mean yeah and I, I think that in my community a lot of there, I mean I think in this world because there's been such an absence of fathers especially in our culture like yeah. involved fathers yeah um, a lot of work has to be done in undoing that you know and, and understanding you know, the fallibility of our own fathers and trying to see where they shine through to offer God and where they just completely, they aren't, they don't represent God. Yeah. And we can't allow them to represent God. You have to say, no, you don't represent God. Yeah. Even though I... You're not the whole picture. Right. You're yeah. Not. And I think that's a hard, it's a hard thing because you, you have these immediate things where dad just, absence of dad, dad overpresence, whatever it is, yeah. It, yeah, it defines God for you. Yeah, I see. I see things that you know. One one thing about my dad is he, his dad was abusive. My dad came around and was very gentle, and I never ever doubted that he loved me. You know, and there are things like that I'm so grateful for. Like even you know, like there were times when it's kind of the flip side of what you're saying because there were times when I did something absolutely wrong. You know, a really funny one to me now is I brought home a, a super raunchy movie about living in the hood <laughs> and uh, I was really obsessed with as a kid you know had some I don't know like racial identity questions or whatever and I, I was I was like big in like the hood and you know stuff like that so I brought I brought home this movie about living in the hood do you remember the name of the movie I do yeah you don't want to share that name with us no yeah how, how to be a or you know, menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, or that one. Have you seen that movie? No, I don't. It's, wow. it, it's uh, yeah. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood, which is like a, a spoof on on you know hood movies um, that that just goes gets super raunchy and super inappropriate. Right. So I bring this movie home from Bookman's and. Uh, and my dad looks at it, kind of looks at the cover, and he goes, hmm. And he goes, you know what, son? I think we better watch this one together. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so we sit in the living room of our little mobile home, our little 19-inch TV or whatever. We're watching this movie, and I am just crawling. Cause, and I'm like, every once in a while, I laugh at a joke, and I look over at him, and he's just got his kind of hand on his chin just kind of going hmm yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the movie ends and he looks over at me and he says well I think we probably better return this one what do you think and I said uh huh yeah okay alright well, let's go and we just kind of quietly went down to Bookman's and returned it and said thank you and um, and 
he kind of pats me on the back and goes, okay, let's go. <laughs> and uh, so in the midst of that, like, I felt conviction. I felt all these things, but I never felt unsafe with dad. Like, even looking back on it, I go, man, I, I was, he loved me. I was accepted. He exposed me yeah. in a very gentle way, you know? So uh, that's like a sweet story. I'm I'm hoping you've used that in a sermon. I think I've used it once. Yeah. And it'll come back. Yeah. (laughs) That that one will, as Rod says, will preach. That one will preach. Yeah. And I mentioned, I mentioned something even last, this past Sunday that, you know, my dad, like my parents, you know, their discipline mode at first was belts and spoons. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but but and my dad would be the one who would who would bring the belt. But there was never a moment, you know. And I when I look back, like I never doubted that he loved me very much, and like I would mm. want to be with him, you know. Moments later, like I, you know, like he would discipline me with a belt, a leather belt. Ouch, you know, right? But I never thought he didn't love me. And so I mentioned that in church, like how how do you do that? That's incredible to discipline someone bring pain but that they would have full knowledge of love and acceptance I mean that's that's what I hear in the Bible about God and my dad did a great job Mm. with that you know I he never gave the sense that it was me he was angry with but that he needed to discipline me so I would change and learn so those things were incredible but then um, you know conflict he wasn't good with that he would he would complain um, instead of engage and, and do something about right. things. And, and I see that stuff in myself. You know, I see myself when things aren't going my way, I, I get kind of, you know, kind of gripey at other people. Yeah. And, and then um, I see, like, when really hard things are coming my way, like, that's one of my biggest sins is to kind of try to just let it work itself out. Yeah. You know, like, let's see, you know, work itself out. And I'm that's probably a direct quote of my father at some point mm-hmm. in my life because mm-hmm. it's so ingrained in me. Like, right. Um, and I remember, you know, conflict in our home where my dad would be sitting there with a magazine reading and my mom and I are arguing and he's just, there he is in the chair. Right. And it's like, where you at? And I see myself, like I've, and I'm, I don't think I've, I'm not just in that rut, but it's way harder for me to enter in and engage and, speak with clarity and strength because I my go-to is just go away yeah you know well that's interesting in the last part you were saying and I think that's very similar with my father when it comes to the arguments with mom <laughs> like he he just I don't have any memories of him yeah. really entering in or offering his opinion yeah so if it was a theological conversation yeah. that was heated he wouldn't enter in if it was like a I want to yeah. do this and I can't yeah. do this and I uh, whatever he wouldn't enter in so I yeah. never really knew what my dad thought until later in uh-huh. life about those things. Yeah. Mom had the power in that. Yeah. In that area. So it's interesting. Yeah. My dad, one time that I remember, and my mom and I remember it vividly, um, that she, she and I were in an argument and he stood up and he, uh, one of the few expletives I've ever heard <laughs> come out of his mouth in this moment. So I won't share that, but he, uh, but he just, it was like something finally, you know, snapped and, and my mom just plopped down in her chair and got quiet. We were both just like, what? Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and he was just like, sit down. We're done. You know, and we were, but in a weird way, we were both like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for, for organizing like we needed our that. chaos. Yeah. Or, uh, so, um, that's interesting. it's, it is, it, but, but virtually, yeah, I didn't really know. And later in life, I took him, I took my dad on a, on a hike in the Chiricahua mountains uh, he had mentioned some about my mom. He and my mom drove there, and he didn't really get to walk around. And so, I told Michaela, my wife, a couple years ago, I was like, "I think this. My dad's slowing down. I think I might need to do this. I think yeah. I need to take him there." And we did. We took our little camper and went there. And, and he barely made the whole hike. I'm so glad we did it because he he could not do it. Now yeah. he couldn't have done it this yeah. year. But on that hike, I was I made it. One of my goals was I'm going to learn more about him. And you have to ask like 10 questions you know to right, get there right. which for me is a struggle but it was it was cool to like kind of mine my dad and find out what was hmm. behind some of his thinking and it Definitely. took work but it was there and it was that was good I'm that, really glad that sounds that like time. a really cool trip it was really good yeah 
really we forgot blankets being typical <laughs> you know idiot men and <laughs> so it was it was really cold and you didn't do any snuggling so we it was close and then I, <laughs> like i could it was so my dad seemed to be asleep and i moved over to the car and like turned the heater on to try to warm up and then i like moved set the car alarm off woke us and the whole campsite up you know was, there were a lot of foibles it was funny <laughs> but no it was a really meaningful time but yeah um, yeah similarly I just didn't it's not just that I found out later I had to dig for it later but yeah. he didn't offer a lot of that right. that's yeah. going to be your significant story like I think the thing <laughs> that I love about my dad is there are moments as I've gotten older that I just think wow those were incredible like when I early we started early out in our ministry before I planned the village I did yeah. the whole college and singles thing and we had this young woman who had a mental breakdown and she was in her um, apartment and actually she was in a friend's apartment and she refused to leave and yeah. she was like not coherent and so I get there and my wife and I get there and we're trying to talk her out because yeah. we want to get her to, to the hospital yeah. we don't want to call 911 yet I call my dad because it's like yeah. an hour and we can't get her out yeah he comes walking in. He walks straight into the door. He walks right up to her, and he's like, hey, and he says her name. He says, you want to go get a Jamba Juice? And she's like, sure. And she hops up and walks out with him. <laughs> he takes her to get a Jamba Juice and takes her to the hospital. And I, I'm just staring. My wife and I are just like, what, what? just happened? <laughs> but he had that, like, yeah. just that gravitas. He walked in and... You know, all of a sudden, he's in command, and yeah. he's in charge, and everybody knew it, and everybody's like, oh, okay, we don't have to be tense anymore and worry about this. Yeah. He's got it. Not, John's here. John's here, you know? Yeah. And my dad's always had that element in crisis. Yeah. Like, when there's no crisis, or there's crisis in his own family, uh-huh. that's not there. <laughs> <laughs> but but when there's crisis, my dad is the man you want yeah. to have with you. So, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I love those stories. They, they inspire me. I'm like, okay, that's what I want to be. I want to yeah. be that. You know, so. That plus a little something. Yeah. And I always figured, well, you know, I think it was on that Chiricahua walk. I was really digging into my dad, like, what were some of your goals and hopes? And one of the big ones is he said something to the effect, he said, well, I wanted to do a better job. Like, mm. And I think he was especially talking about being a father and a yeah. husband. You know, I wanted to do a better job. And so I look at all of his shortcomings and flaws, but, you know, when I look at what he was given, it's like, he did a way better job. I mean, there's yeah. there's a C.S. Lewis thing on being a, a Christian. He was kind of talking about, like, you know, it was essentially, I don't remember the quote at all, but it was essentially, you know, you could have somebody who had been given all the answers and knew all the stuff, and, and God had required something of them, and they, they really didn't change much, but they knew all the answers, and they were faithful in church, and they gave their money. Um, and then there's a, you know, the drunk who God just asked for one, one move, you know, just to, to trust him and to, you know, trust him over alcohol and they stumble forward and sometimes do it and sometimes they don't and they struggle, you know, and Lewis kind of said, so which one followed Jesus, right? Is it the stumbling drunk who's every once in a while back at it or the one who didn't really do anything? but went to church and paid the tithe and all that stuff. And when I think of my dad, I'm like, man, he, he, he changed so, he went so much further. He gave so much. He trusted so much more than his father. He really did. And that to me is like a huge sign of the work of God in his life. And, and so then I think about, you know, my life and, and since he said that to me, I've thought like, okay, like I don't need the perfect dad. He, he made significant moves and if I can build on that somewhat do a little more you know and then you know I'd be thrilled if Abby you know someday went okay my dad was he was alright he did you know appreciate some things he did he had some real flaws I'd like to you know in my family just do a little more give a little more to our kids I mean that'd be a beautiful thing so yeah I'm thinking our time is close to being up, Brian. Yeah, it's awful close. Yeah. What do you think hearing all this, if you had a couple minutes to... to wrap, wrap us up. Wrap us up and... Well, I wanted to kind of ask something that... Or just want to... 
I don't want it to be like a defining thing to where uh, it's like an ultimatum or anything but I want to ask what's one really important thing that your father taught you that you hope that your kid grasps and I know you both kind of went into different things uh, relating to that but maybe something that hadn't been mentioned yet or if you want to elaborate on something you've previously mentioned yeah I mean one thing with my dad maybe I could sum it up with like saying just quiet faithfulness there are a lot of elements of that there's little stuff like we didn't have devotion time or family devotions in our home but what I would do is I would come home and see my dad sitting there reading reading the word mm. uh, reading scripture um, so he didn't do it to be the awesome dad or the awesome spiritual leader but he actually was he was just he would go there with Jesus himself from time to time right and that almost meant more than the dads who were like I've seen a whole lot of super dads who make it a big point to display to their family how great they're doing spiritually. And it actually means more to me when I look at somebody like my dad who you catch with God. You catch him with God. You go, mm-hmm. oh, that's what he does when I'm gone or whatever. Yeah. And then there's a little there's a little example of him at work where he found a, a bar of platinum that had probably been snuck out of the building. A bar of platinum. Which is... Wow. Yes. <laughs> Lots of money. And so I had assumed, when he first told me about it when I was younger, that somebody accidentally took it out. I think somebody, kind of the more I asked him about it, probably somebody snuck it out. And he went and he got it and he returned it. And I don't think he told anybody. I don't think he ratted out anybody. He didn't, you know, he didn't say, like, that guy did it, take him down, mess up his life. He just quietly made it right. And, you know, I would, I would venture to say that outside of the only reason I know is because he got a $25 gift card from work and we asked what, what that was for. Um, and he returned the platinum and got a $25 <laughs> gift card. Yep. <laughs> Which, okay. in a way, is where some of my dad's pain and understand <laughs> is like, in many ways, that is really? his life. Getting yeah. very little compensation for very meaningful things, right? Yeah. But, that, wow. and I still understand that pain yeah Um, but uh but yeah probably very few people know about it other than my mom myself the boss and Hmm. somebody you know and there's probably somebody out there who should have been arrested who wasn't because my dad also didn't try to destroy them Hmm. he made it right but he didn't try to destroy them i think about that in light of stuff like what's going on with like the restaurant cup it up here in tucson where somebody you know you don't like them, so you try to. They do something you perceive as wrong, which might maybe was wrong or whatever, and you decide to destroy them. Well, my dad, he dealt with things, but not with a vision to destroy, but a desire to restore. But he didn't ever advertise that. He mm. just did it quietly, and I really respect that. Want to be like that? I want my, I want Abby to be like that. People of our church to be like that. Mm. That's a powerful story. Um, I think that the one thing growing up because we you know my dad like I said was not always in the arguments and the and the heated things I always thought that this thing about loving other people Mm. and really pouring your life out for other people was my mother's thing yeah and as I've grown older and wiser and watched the dynamics of my family I realized that the only reason that my mom deeply loves people I mean there are other reasons but one of the main reasons it's because she met my dad, and my dad loves people. Yeah. And he pours his life out for people. And I think, if anything, that's what I want my children to hold on to. That, the greatest commandment my dad takes seriously, to yeah. love God and to love others as self. And, like, he really, yeah. he, you know, he'll even confess that he doesn't do that well, but that's his mission in life. Yeah. And what he builds is not necessarily something he's that interested in. As a legacy, he's more interested in how he cares for people and the way that they are healed and meet Jesus. So, yeah. you know, yeah. and find what they need. So, I want that to be for my kids and, as you said, for my church and for yeah. the people around me. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you both for sharing. It's been really great to hear how your fathers and your mothers as well mm-hmm. have played a huge part in your lives. Uh, 
and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with me. Uh, this has been Faith Over Breakfast. I am with Pastor Andy Littleton and Pastor Eric Seepin uh, at Exo Coffee, and it's been great to... Uh, Before we pause, we'll keep going. Go uh, <laughs> let me really my, finger, my finger was going He was about to pause it, and I want to say something after you, you close uh, this out. But yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, a reminder to the conference? Was oh, no, no, no. Actually, oh, yeah. because you guys have made the observation that I put all these weird things on the, musically on our <laughs> podcast, I just want to say that I am going to end this podcast with a song that my little brother wrote about my dad. Okay. So just want to put that in there so people know that it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Well, yeah, well, thank you for listening, and uh, keep listening for that. A dream you had to leave I had no time to grieve I quickly begin to retrieve all these memories Didn't want to forget the way you used to smile at me How when I was a child you would teach me Did all you knew to reach me Keep my heart beating with a dream All these years later I realize I still cling to those talks Driving around the city in circles Holding the wall, deadbeat pizza joints Coffee shops, late night post office drops All those nights of stories Of the glories of days past the many books you gave me to read, how you taught me about God, gave me the first Bible, taught me how to love the underdog, taught me compassion for the downtrodden, still loved me when I was fallen. I have to say I never knew the good thing I had, never left, stayed by my mother, could have run the other way, showed me faithfulness, it's in short supply these days, so I have to say truly grateful, Father I don't know if I ever said that I was thankful. distance has caused me to clearly understand it was you that taught me how to be a man guess I had to grow up first and take a few knockdowns and a second glance father now I've got a second chance to do what you never could do I'm on the second story of the house you built so I thank you I'm saying thank you Yeah.